Name. Hannah Lynn. Age. 38 years old. Lives in. Idaho Falls, Idaho, United States. Family. I have a husband and two daughters. Connection to the coloring book world. I've been doing coloring books for about seven years now. So I've self-published most of my, my coloring books. Favorite pencils or pens? I prefer Faber-Castell color pencils and watercolor pencils. I also like Prismacolor color pencils. And for markers, I use Statler. Favorite colors? Uh, probably a very light aqua turquoise color and purple. Hi and welcome to a new episode of Passionista Colorista, a coloring book podcast. And welcome today's guest, Hannah. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to, uh, that you wanted to join my podcast. I'm so happy you invited me. Thank you so much. And I'm sure the people who is listening to this is happy that you joined. Uh, because I think the mo- most people knows you know about you, Hannah Lynn. At least when they see your coloring books, because you have made so many and they are so popular. Tell us about them. Well, I actually started doing coloring books about seven years ago, self-publishing them in my home studio. I would actually print them off and put them in little packages and take them with me to shows. And I would sell them alongside my prints and other products that I had to offer. And they were always really popular. Uh, at my shows and at places like Comic-Con and they were probably half of what I sold at those shows and this was well before the coloring craze was a thing and a couple of years ago when the coloring craze hit with Joanna Basford's books and things like that it occurred to me that maybe I should probably get them into an actual book form and partner with Amazon through their self-publishing service to deliver a more premium product and then also more widespread so I could get them internationally and also on Amazon US due to the fact that they are the most popular place to probably purchase these items. And uh, what response did that first book get? Uh, I was actually really surprised by the response of the first book. I took a compilation of eight different smaller books that I had done self-published through the smaller packet volumes that I had, and I put them together into a book of 50 fan favorites. So my first book was is titled Mermaids, Fairies, and Other Girls of Whimsy, uh, 50 Fan Faves. And so I thought, well, you know, I have all these artworks and they're already in these other books and these books are a lot smaller. And, you know, what if I take them and put them into one big compilation and, you know, dress them up a little bit and edit them and and make them as best as they could be and kind of put my toe in the water. To me, it was a toe in the water. It wasn't new material. It was something that uh, I wanted to kind of put into one's book for everybody to enjoy and I was shocked by the response. I mean the the sales that came through and the number of books that were sold was 
just way beyond what I had expected. It was really incredible. What was it about your drawings that people loved? You know, a lot of people tell me that they just really love the way that it makes them feel. It makes them feel like it takes them back to their childhood. You know, there's an innocence about the girls that I draw, and that probably comes from my childhood. I've been drawing characters like this since I was a little girl, and that is kind of where a lot of the inspiration comes from, is just that feeling of just being in a dream world and you know all these characters and princesses and fairy tales that we've loved over the over the years you know it, it's just timeless it just never really you know gets gets old it's just something that i think that adults and children alike can always enjoy how did it start when you were a kid um i've always drawn so it's something that You know, I always had a coloring book, you know, and and coloring materials and paper and pencils. And I always drew and I drew inspiration from, you know, Disney and some of the films and things that were out. And animation was relatively still new, you know, in the 80s. It was something that, you know, was just kind of getting its legs. And we had Saturday morning cartoons and there was a lot of inspiration back then to create animated style characters. And so I was forever drawing and coloring and painting as long as I can remember. Do you remember the feeling you had when you sat there drawing? Yes, I do. I I still tap into that today. It's when I go to sit down to, to color or draw, I lose all track of time. <laughs> so I understand, you know, when people say that coloring adult coloring is therapy because it's what I do for a living. It's what I've been doing for years. I actually started out doing this art thing as a hobby many years ago. I was a stay-at-home mom. I had young children at home and I was a full-time online student and I felt like I kind of needed something for me. And so I thought, well, I really used to like to draw and color. I should do that again to, you know, help me manage stress and escape and, It works. It still works today. But when you got that um, feeling when you were uh, a stay-at-home mom and, and wanted this, uh, uh, what was the first thing you were coloring or drawing? Well, I've always drawn everything that I've colored. I, you know, back when I started this, there weren't any coloring books for adults, <laughs> so I would just draw you know, things that I like to color. And I almost always focus on the female figure. Um, and so I've started doing mermaids and fairies probably a month into just kind of getting back into drawing and coloring. And uh, when you compare to, to the girls you draw today, uh, do you see any differences? Oh, there is a massive difference. I have come a long way. When you draw and color every single day the changes are slight and they happen over time but looking back it's just so much different I, i can't believe how far i've come in in the amount of time that i've been doing this it just doesn't even look like the same artist what are the big differences um well mainly in the technique in the shading and the colors and the flow of the piece Uh, but there is also a difference in, you know, the way that the eyes were done and the face 
in slight instances. Uh, it's just like any character over time. Like if you look at Mickey Mouse uh, when Walt Disney first started out to Mickey Mouse today, it's, you know, there's a progression and, a, and an evolution of the character that happens over time. Do you have any favorite princess? <laughs> I get that question a lot, and it's difficult to answer that question because they're all, it's like trying to choose between your children. <laughs> They are all my children, and it's very difficult to choose what would be my favorite. But what part is uh, most fun for you, the drawing or the coloring? Uh, I would have to say the coloring. I actually, you know, when the first concept sketch comes out, that's that's the easy part for me. Getting to the point where I can actually put color down onto uh, the paper is many, many hours worth of very hard work. And so I'm excited when I get to the point where I actually get to start to lay down color. Do you color in your own books? Um, I have before to test the paper, but I actually work on illustration board. I've always done my paintings on illustration board. Before I did coloring books, these were all original artworks and paintings of mine that were turned into coloring pages. So in the last couple of years, since the demand has increased for coloring books, I've actually created a lot of the artworks strictly for and as coloring pages. So those have been done without being colored. When you color, how do you decide what colors to use? Well, that's a fun question to answer because, you know, there are many ways that you can approach coloring. Some artists actually use a program like Photoshop to test color themes, um, and I don't do that. I just dig right in and I start coloring and I kind of let the piece speak to me and tell me what it wants to be. And so I'll make one decision And then that will help me make the next decision. I operate with a lot of contrast. So if I do light colored hair, then I might go with a darker colored uh, background. And if I do a darker colored hair, I might do a, a lighter color background. So I make those decisions as I go. And that ensures that the flow of the piece um, is what I want it to be in the end. And do you have any favorite color combinations? Well, if you look at my pieces, you see you're going to see a lot of uh, blue, turquoise, purple, pinks. Uh, so those are probably my favorite color combinations. But I can always add in other colors that support uh, those kind of on the side, like yellows and greens and things like that. And in the start, you told us about your favorite pens and pencils. How do you use them? Well, because I use watercolor pencil um, on illustration board, which is a really heavy uh, support, I can use wet media on it. Um, I use the watercolor pencils in the way that I color directly onto the illustration board and then I add a bit of water and turn it into paint. But in smaller areas, uh, because the pencils uh, don't really work in the smaller areas that way, I will color off of the page and create kind of like a little paint palette and then I'll pull the water and the paint off of there and then go directly to the support from there. Um, I do use Micron pens as well in my artworks and I usually use them in fine line uh, color areas like in the hair. Sometimes I'll add a layer of just a small 
micron thin line of, you know, a blue, for example. Do you use uh, white gel pen or anything for highlights or how do you do the I, highlights? Yes, I do. I do use white gel pen sometimes for the highlights. I found that just a dab of white acrylic paint with a paintbrush um, tends to be easier for me to use. Sometimes the white gel pen can get clogged and not, you know, operate as quickly as I would like it to. So oftentimes I'll just use a little dab of acrylic, uh, white acrylic paint and a paintbrush to add the highlights in the areas. And where do you put those highlights? Um, usually in stars or orbs, uh, you know, possibly in the eyes. Most of the, you know, highlights that are in the piece um, are actually uh, white space. So they would be either left ahead of time with the watercolor pencil, knowing that I want that area to be a highlight. And so I avoid adding color to that area, or I can simply pull it off with a little bit of water. I know that many people think that it's difficult to color skin, skin tone. And you have these faces and these girls. Do you think it's hard? Well, yes, I do. I do think that coloring people is challenging. Drawing people is challenging. There are many artists out there that, you know, can draw or paint beautiful landscapes, but they do not have the capacity to do people. It's kind of a strange area. Um, there are a lot of skin tutorials out on YouTube specifically on my characters because I focus on people. And so there are a lot of different techniques that people can use to achieve the skin tone that they're looking for. How do you color skin? Well, I do it in layers. I think a lot of people do that. Since I work in watercolor pencils, it's a little bit more difficult for me to guide somebody who's coloring in a coloring book. Um, I, I have colored with colored pencils and markers together uh, before. And if you're working with just regular colored pencils as opposed to watercolor pencils, the layered effect is probably still where you're going to want to or how you're going to want to approach it. So you're going to lay down a lighter color first, kind of all over in a circular motion. And then you can go over that color and start to darken the skin or add another color to help layer it. So you may start with a peach color and then color over it with, you know, a yellow tone and then start going in with pink, maybe around the sides of the face and in the blush areas and under the chin to help for shading. Do you use sparkle glitter? Uh, sometimes I actually use sparkle glitter in a lot of my uh, prints. I do limited edition prints and I embellish with glitter. I try not to do it on the original only because when I scan it, it makes it very difficult to reproduce for me as the artist. When you started, you said you sold those pic these pictures on the on uh, comic cons. Yes, yeah, actually, well, at first I was selling online on eBay, uh, Etsy. eBay was my main uh, site that I was selling on. I I still do today. I auction off my originals. I only have one original painting in possession, and that is the off to the ball. Uh, Cinderella painting that I did to uh, for for the feature of the cover of the story or the fairy tale princesses book that I just released, and I didn't get into uh, Comic Con in San Diego until probably six or seven years into my art career. Uh, there's a long waiting list to get in to exhibit your artwork there, and I applied. 
uh, in maybe 2003. And I think I got in in 2006. So it, it took about three years to even get an approval from them, which I heard is actually a really excellent turnaround because most people have to wait five to eight years to get into a show like that. Can you describe the feeling of being at the Comic-Con? It's pretty intense. There's a lot of people. I mean, at San Diego Comic-Con is one of the largest Comic-Cons in the world. People come from all over. I mean, there are, I've had people come all the way from New Zealand to San Diego Comic-Con to see me. So it's, I mean, it's very diverse. There's over 130,000 people that come through the door over a four and a half day show. And most people have a four day pass. So they are active the entire time that the doors are open and it is really incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's so different than being at home and communicating with people over the computer or online because you get to see their reaction in person. You know, they come up and, you know, they, they've seen you before or they know who you are and they're so excited and it's the first time that they've ever met you and, you know, or it's, they've never seen your work before and to see their face light up and go, Oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like this before. You're speaking my language, you know, is it's just a really neat kind of play on the fan base artist experience. What are they saying when they see the, you and your art? Well, mostly they say that they've never seen anything like it and that they appreciate the fact that it's family friendly and that they can share it with their children um, and that it also makes them feel like it takes them back to their childhood and they just love the colors and they're just very attracted by the bright, you know, feeling of it. And sometimes they just kind of stand there and just stare at it and go up. I've never really seen anything like this before and I need to take something home. And so then they start looking through all the prints and, you know, things and they almost always find something to take home with them. When you sit down to make a new picture, how is the process? Okay. So I sit down and I sketch out the piece with pencil and paper and I do all of the erasing and editing that I want to do in a traditional way with an eraser and pencil. And, you know, once I've gotten that laid out, I will scan the sketch into the computer so that I can flip it around, print it. Then I have to trace it with tracing paper and flip it over onto the illustration board and then rub it on uh, kind of like a stamp. And then at that point, I will take my micron pen and trace all of the lines so that I have something to work with that won't move anymore because those, the uh, micron pens are waterproof. So that will ensure that I have, you know, my layout that I need. Once I start working with the paints, it won't move anywhere. Um, and then once I'm done actually painting, I'll usually add another layer of the black link, uh, the black ink on top so that because sometimes it, kind of just starts to get painted over uh, and then I will scan it into my computer and if I'm going to turn it into a coloring page I will have to trace those lines uh, once again digitally. How different is it to draw a picture for art and for a coloring book? Uh, they are completely different processes. If I 
know that I'm going to turn something into a coloring page, it doesn't change my process. Unfortunately, I have to take the long way around and start from, you know, the sketch and go all the way to the painting. And then I will have to scan it. And then I will have to trace every single line and turn it into a coloring page from there. And if I'm going to do uh, just a coloring page without coloring it or painting it, I will still start with the pencil and the paper and sketch it in a traditional way. And then I will scan it into the computer and I will work on my tablet. I have a, a Wacom Cintiq tablet that I work with that I can use to digitally trace the lines. And it's all done 100% by hand. The computer does none of the work. I have to trace every single line. And then, uh, you know, occasionally if I know that I'm going to add a lot of background elements, I will not sketch that uh, in pencil. I'll just get the rough layout going uh, because I really don't want to have to do the work twice. So I'll start sketching digitally directly into the computer. And then if I want to turn that into a painting, as in the Cinderella uh, coloring page that I did for the off to the ball and the fairy tale princesses coloring book. I created the coloring page first and then I printed it out and traced it and put it onto the illustration board and painted it like I would any other painting. What's important for you when you are making a coloring book? Um, I think the most important thing is to make sure that if it's a themed book that I'm getting all of the core elements that you would expect from that theme. So when I sit down to do, let's say I was going to sit down to do the fairy tale princesses book. So I would start with, you know, what are all the things that you think of when you think of fairy tales and storybooks? And so I'll write down each one of those elements. I do a lot of research ahead of time uh, to make sure that I'm, you know, being true to the stories that I'm trying to represent or the theme that I'm trying to represent. Uh, for example, my newest book that just released today, Maui Mermaids and Island Whimsy Girls, is actually based on a trip that my family and I took uh, January of 2017 to the island of Maui. So I took a lot of reference pictures there and I took a lot of notes and a lot of mental notes to really bring that book to life. And that's there's 50 different coloring pages in there that are very representative of the island of Maui specifically. So the animals that would be there, the sea life, the, the land, you know, particular uh, viewpoints and areas to uh, visit and things like that. Did you know before that trip that you were going to make uh, this coloring book? No, I didn't. I was actually inspired to do it um, while I was there. And so I thought, boy, this would be fun, you know, and I have everything that I need here. And it just it makes it so much more authentic uh, for me to do a book about a place that I've actually been rather than researching it on the Internet. It's just not the same. I mean, I, I can convey uh, hopefully convey the feeling of being there. You know, there's one really magical thing I think about coloring. When I get halfway into a painting, you know, and I'm really engrossed in it, I, I really feel like I'm there, you know. And so the whole point is to really transport you to a totally different place. And I think that specifically for, you know, a Maui Mermaids or a fairy tale book, you know, with, with landscapes and things in the background, it really makes you feel like you're there. How was your vacation? 
it was fantastic. We uh, did everything from the, you know, snorkeling and we went whale watching. We were there during whale season. Uh, we did the helicopter tour. So we got to see both sides of the island. Uh, we did a few hikes. Uh, we had, you know, we spent some days on the beach just hanging out and swimming and, you know, letting the kids boogie board. And we, we did a lot of driving around and it was just really, really fun and incredible. And January is supposed to be kind of the off season, but they don't really have an off season there. It was gorgeous and 85 degrees the entire time. And it was blowing snow and below freezing and dumping snow where we lived back home. So we were appreciative of the break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Tell us about the colors and the what do you see when you are there around well, you? Well, I, I couldn't even get the pictures to get, you know, to really represent the colors that were there. It was just really stunning. I mean, not even just the flowers, because there's flowers everywhere all the time, but just the leaves alone. I mean, there were some plants that the leaves looked like flowers because there were so many colors. And I mean, it was just really incredible. And they have these, you know, big mountains. And so there's a lot of, you know, kind of clouds that surround the mountains and, you know, get up close, close to the coast. And there's a, a lot of rocks. And there are certain areas where the, the, the water is just such an intense, blue and turquoise color I I kept trying to capture it on camera and I did the best that I could but I still felt like it was so much more colorful in person than it than it could ever be on a camera have you tried to color it yourself well I did a painting called uh, Maui Mermaid for the cover of my Maui Mermaid's coloring book and I think I captured it pretty well with the rainbows and the tropical fish and all the different colors and the plants and the intensity and, you know, intensity of color is kind of something that I do really well. That's, that's what I seek in my pieces. So I felt it was very fitting for my style. What happens in you when you are surrounded by color? I just feel alive. I mean, it's what makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, you know, like what I was meant to do. It just makes me feel happy. And it makes me feel like I'm in a world that I want to be in. Which one is your favorite from this book? Uh, from the Maui Mermaids book? Yes, your new book. Uh, that's a hard one to say, but probably the one for the cover would be the safe one to say that I feel is probably my favorite, which is the Maui Mermaid, because she's got a lot of different elements. She's got the mountains. She's got the plants. She's also she's a mermaid that's submerged half underwater. So I was able to do, you know, sea life and also uh, sea plants, but also have the rainbow and the mountains and land elements as well. When you create a new picture, do you see the whole picture in front of you before? Or is it as when you color that you start and then see what's happening? Yeah, I kind of I kind of just go, you know, I just make decisions as I go in the layout and also in, you know, the coloring. I take one step at a time and each thing will kind of lead me to the next thing. And I just trust that. When did you get the idea for this cover picture? Your favorite? Well, when I came back home and I decided that I was going to be doing a coloring book, I thought I really wanted something that just represented 
you know, everything that has to do with Maui. And of course, mermaids always come to mind because I've always done mermaids and I just love them. And so being that it's an island, you know, I figured mostly mermaids for the water element and then we'll do some island girls uh, to mix in there. And so I thought the mermaid would probably be the most representative just because of the, the water element. And then I could add in the land elements later. What is it about mermaids that so many loves? I don't know. I, it's probably the time that I grew up. You know, I grew up in the 80s and the Little Mermaid uh, from Disney came out uh, around that time when I was growing up and the movie Splash uh, with Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks came out. And so there was kind of a, a thing about mermaids going on when I was a kid. And, you know, my sister and I would, would play that we were mermaids and we just we just love the whole concept of it. I think that, you know, there's something about the ocean specifically that's very different and mysterious and unique and it's it's like an uncharted territory there's so many wonderful things under there that we haven't even discovered and to imagine being a person that could breathe underwater and be part of that world and to just be part of the color and all the wonder and to discover all those things that we don't know about I think is just very intriguing your coloring books Ha, it has the pictures on one side. Why? Well, they need to be single-sided so that if you're coloring, you're not ruining any other pages behind it. So you have to have, you know, liberty to make sure that if you're using markers uh, that are going to bleed through to the back, that you aren't ruining any other pictures behind it. But it's not so common. To have them single-sided? Yes, with single-sided color I would books. agree. I would agree. And I think it depends also on the paperweight. Uh, and I think that the original uh, adult coloring books that came out, I they were intended probably just for a dry medium of colored pencils. They were probably thinking everybody was going to use colored pencils on them. And, you know, being as creative as people are, they like to use all kinds of mediums on paper. And so... Because I am self-publishing, I have to consider the fact that, you know, people are probably going to want to use different media on there. So leaving the backside blank ensures that they can use a, a larger variety of mediums. Not not all mediums, obviously, are going to work uh, like, you know, watercolor pencils or paint um, isn't really something that is really suitable for that paper type or a lot of paper types. But for the most part, you know, markers and, and things will work well on a on a colored page or on a coloring page that has a single side. Which one of your books is most popular so far? Well, uh, for a long time, it's been the the first one that I put out, My Toe in the Water, which is really, you know, shocking because I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm just putting something out that some people have had access to before. Um, but that was only my, you know, my fan base at the time, which has grown exponentially since I've actually put the coloring book out. So it remains the most popular up until my, you know, fairy tale princesses book has come out and my Maui mermaids. Those are still to tell because they just just released in the last day or, you know, week and a half. So time will tell. Which number is this new coloring book? I believe this is coloring book number nine. It's amazing. Nine coloring books. Yes. Well, I had about 
six, six or seven uh, years of portfolio uh, before I put out my first coloring book. And so I had about 150 images to work with. So I put 50 in the first book. I put 50 in the second book. I put 50 in the third book. And those were all from my portfolio at the time. And then I started creating new images for books uh, like the Halloween Enchanted Halloween coloring book and the Whimsy Girls Christmas coloring book and the Tattoo Darlings coloring book, the Maui Mermaids and the Fairy Tale Princesses. Those are all images that were created specifically for the coloring books that were not originally part of my portfolio. But which one is your own favorite book? That's hard to say, but I would probably say at this point, I really like the fairy tale princesses uh, coloring book because it's very reflective of all of the fairy tales and, you know, poems and storybooks and things that I've enjoyed over my childhood. How close uh, relationship do you have to your fans? Oh, I have a very close relationship with my fans. <laughs> I actually am probably one of the few artists that actually has a uh, personal connection. I run all of my own Facebook pages and, you know, Instagram. I answer all of my own emails. And so I am the person who is the direct line of contact for any and all, you know, questions and or, you know, just compliments. I mean, I get, you know, people that email me and say that my books have, you know, offered them an opportunity to, you know, bond with their children or provide therapy for their medical condition or just to make them happy. And I love to receive those and I respond to each and every single one of them. What do you think about the coloring book community? I think it's fantastic, but I'm biased because I've, oh, I've been using adult coloring for this type of therapy for years and years and years. It's just I happen to be the one to also draw the pictures. So I just think it's wonderful. I mean, I just think it's amazing. I I think that most people that are in into coloring are just a certain type of people. They're good people, they're kind people, they are, you know, they're, they're very nice to each other. You find very little, you know, issue with, uh, with people being, you know, off-putting or anything on, you know, groups or on, you know, chat or anything like that because people are just so, I don't know, they're just a great group of people. I agree. Uh, why do you think this uh, coloring book for adults has been so popular and grown so big? Well, I think this is probably uh, because of the backswing of the digital age. I think everybody got a little bit too much into digital type of activities um, and they were looking for something that was a little bit more palpable and something that they could get back to that was a little bit more organic, that it doesn't involve a screen specifically. You know, they could actually touch the pencils and touch the markers and touch the paper and get lost in, you know, something that they're doing for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, something that everybody used to enjoy as children. I mean, almost everybody colored when they were in elementary school. And then as they got older, they kind of got away from that and, you know, said, oh, it's, you know, it's for children. But, you know, it's really not. It's something that everybody can enjoy. And it's not anything that you have to have, you know, perfect skills for. You can just have fun. It's kind of like singing. You know, if you don't know how to sing, who cares? 
you know, sing, <laughs> sing if you want to sing, you know, it, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be freeing and, and enjoyable. How do you do to keep the joy in drawing and coloring when you are doing it all the time and it's your work? Well, yeah, of course there's a work element to it, but I like to find, you know, new themes, uh, you know, traveling and, you know, going to Maui and things like that. Those are, those are great inspirational, you know, uh, trips to take because it just, there's all new colors and sights and smells. And it's just something that, you know, because I do have such a close, uh, relationship with my fans that I really want to share those things with them. You know, I, I want to bring those things to life for them. So that is kind of what keeps, you know, my interest going is just, you know, finding the, the inspiration in everyday things. I mean, you can find inspiration in, in the simplest things if you're really looking for it. Our world is pretty beautiful. How much are you out on social media and uh, watching people's calories? Um, I'm on social media at probably at least a couple hours a day as part of my job. So I'm, I'm on there, you know, talking to people and seeing what people are posting and kind of following along. And, and most of it is really just specifically for their benefit to keep them encouraged and, you know, to, to, to know that, you know, I notice that they're, you know, when somebody shares something with me, you know, that's a big deal. It's, you know, it takes courage to share something that you may not be sure about. Um, and so I want to make sure that they stay encouraged to continue to share their works um, on on social media with me and also with other people. How does it feel to see one of your drawings colored by someone else? It's pretty amazing. I mean, it's some of these people are better than I am. I'm telling you, I mean, they are just really talented people and it's just so fun to see that people are actually enjoying it. You know, I've, I said this to a few other fans before because they sometimes buy multiple copies of my books because they really just love to color in them. Um, I'm just really happy that people are, you know, actually using the books because there are times where we purchase things and we think we're going to use them, you know, like a treadmill. <laughs> And then we don't because we, you know, it's just not as exciting as we thought it would be. But, you know, people really do. They really color my pictures. So I've, I've got people who have full, complete books from start to finish that are completely colored. And that just blows my mind away that people would be so enamored by my work that they would spend that much time coloring my work when they have so many other options out there. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful and just super blessed to have a fan base that I do. Does anyone in your family likes to color too? Do you do it together? My daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, Taylor, she loves to color. I actually just posted uh, a coloring page that she did from the Maui Mermaids book last week. Because uh, I got a few copies from the publisher, and of course she gets one of the first ones. My oldest daughter, she'll color every now and again, but it's not really uh, something that she's super interested in. But my youngest daughter, she is 12 years old, and she is extremely talented and loves to color, and she can color for hours and hours and hours and hours. And um, I just love to see what she comes up with because she's got such a brilliant mind, and the colors she chooses are so beautiful, and she just has so much fun. And what does she think about your coloring books? Uh, she loves them. I mean, she'll come into my office and, you know, she'll color while I'm working or, you know, developing coloring pages. 
you know, and so we kind of, and I, I let her use my materials. She uses my pencils and my markers and, you know, she just has so much fun. She, she just loves it. Does she colors in other people's coloring books? She has a few other coloring books, but most times I find her coloring in, in my coloring books. Do you ever get tired of your girls that you draw? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I. It's just something that, I mean, there's just unlimited options for inspiration when it comes to them. And I keep thinking, like anybody else would, that maybe one day I would get tired of them, but I don't. So I continue on, and apparently everybody else feels the same way because they continue to color them just like I, I do, and... You know, we just keep celebrating them as long as as long as they want to be celebrated. Can you describe your working place? Uh, yeah, sure. I work from home. I have um, a kind of a older style but newer uh, Victorian home, and I live up on a hill where I have views of the valley that we live in, and also a canyon and some mountains behind me. Uh, my home office is like a wood paneled. Uh, room. It's got a couple of computers in it and room enough for all of my art supplies and art desk. And it's got a nice, cozy kind of library space. And I have about five or six big picture windows that I can see uh, the valley with. So it's a very inspirational, very comfortable workspace. Do you listen to anything when you are coloring like music or something? Or are you sitting in sitting and work in silence? Uh, sometimes I work in silence. It depends on what's going on. But most of the time I'm listening to, you know, either uh, some sort of instrumental music. Uh, I like to listen to uh, like two cellos and Dallas String Quartet, and they do covers of modern day songs, but in an instrumental fashion. And that's one of my favorite things to listen to uh, because there are no words Um, it's just kind of a flow thing. And then other times when I'm more in the mood to listen to something with words, I'll usually listen to uh, books on audio and, you know, those types of things. When do you have flow? Usually about in the middle of, of a piece. There's always, when I start painting a piece, um, I'm kind of trying to figure out where I'm going to start. And then once I start, you know, there's other decisions to be made. And I kind of have a break in the middle there. And then once I kind of know, once I see the, the light at the end of the tunnel and I know kind of where all the colors are going to go and all the decisions have been made, then it's really just about having fun. How easy is it for you to, to end when you are in flow, if you have to stop? Uh, well, sometimes I have to stop because, you know, I'm a mom and I have you know, kids to pick up from school or, you know, things, other things to attend to. And so I, I don't always get to just have that uninterrupted block time, but I do attempt to sit down at times where maybe my husband would be available so that I don't have to stop. Um, but once I see the end, it's, it's pretty easy. I mean, it doesn't take, it doesn't take much time. And I think any colorist or artist will tell you that there's a lot of decision-making. There's a lot of staring, <laughs> at a piece when it comes to actually coloring and sometimes when it's when you're coloring there's not a lot of coloring actually going on it's more kind of staring at the piece and saying you know what colors do I want to use but you know like I said once those color decisions have been made and I'm I'm there it doesn't take very long at all and what is it about watercolors that you like 
Well, truth be told, when I started doing artwork as a hobby, I had my daughters were, uh, let's see, probably six months old and two and a half years old. And so I didn't have I had even smaller blocks of time back then, um, which meant that I had to set up my workspace to where if I needed to stop and attend to the children that I would need to be able to come back and pick it right back up without, you know, it being interrupted. Now, something like acrylic paints that are really wet and they're out, they would dry up. You know, if I were to go and attend to a diaper change or a lunch or something and then try to come back. And so out of necessity and practicality, (laughs) I started using the watercolor pencils because they're dry until you want them to be wet. And then you can put them down and come back at any time and you're not going to miss anything. So, you know, I... I could have changed mediums at some point and I have painted with acrylics. There's been a couple pieces that I've painted with acrylics, but I've worked with the watercolor pencils for so long that I've mastered them and I have my own unique style and I just really enjoy them. So that's what I use still. What are your best tools? Um, I use just real small brushes And I have the Micron pens and then I have my Faber-Castell watercolor pencils and then just a small, you know, jar of water and some paper towels and maybe a couple blotter sheets. And that is really what all I need to, to work. And it's very minimalistic. And do you have any good coloring tips for us? Well, I guess the one thing that I can say that would be kind of interesting and fun and kind of a secret would be, you know, to play on the contrast. A lot of people ask me, how do you, you know, how do I get, you know, everything looking so bright and colorful? And I think really the the key to that is to put light next to dark and dark next to light so that things pop and seem very dimensional. So you know, back to if I'm going to do light colored hair, then, you know, do a, a dark colored background or, you know, the, those sorts of things. So, you know, playing with the dimension and the depth of the color, you know, dark against light is probably something that I would say if you're really looking for something to pop, that you should try to play those elements right next to each other, dark right next to light and then light on the other side of that dark and see how you like it. Uh, now, when you're finished with with this coloring book, what is happening now? Well, right now I'm actually working on uh, a simplified version of my fairy tale princesses and storybook darlings coloring book because that book is very very detailed and it's got a lot of background details. And so, um, as in listening to my fan base, there. Are are a lot of fans that have uh, issues with vision or their eyes or they have muscular issues that they're, you know, coloring for therapy and they need a little bit more uh, simple version. So while they love the theme, it, uh, they would prefer uh, to have a little bit less detail to color. So I'm going to be modifying each one of these individual pages to eliminate the backgrounds and heavy details in some of the clothing so that I can have a simplified version for these uh fans that are using it in a different way. I never heard about that idea. It's so good. It's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah, I I just want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity uh to enjoy my books and, 
you know, not everybody can color detail. And I also have a lot of younger fans too, um, or beginners. And so I figured it won't take me that long to modify uh, and put out another version of this book. And even some people that have already purchased the detailed version are very interested in the simple version just for the uh, purpose of being able to finish a coloring page a little bit faster. You know, sometimes you're in the mood to color a lot of detail and other times you want just something that you can finish in an hour or so. Maybe this is too early for you to answer, but do you think there's going to be another coloring book in the future? Yeah, I actually have a couple different ideas. Uh, I know that the Tattoo Darlings coloring book that I put out was very popular, so I'm thinking about putting out a, a secondary volume of that. I also have a couple other ideas that I'm, you know, tossing around that I'm not ready quite to announce yet, but I'll probably put out at least two more titles before the end of the year. On your Instagram page, as you have uh, written that you are a self-taught artist. Yes, I am. I am self-taught. I have not taken any classes. I did not go to college. I have a business degree. <laughs> so that is how I am educated. I have not uh, taken an art class since I was in high school. Um, but I've always drawn and colored and, and painted. And so, you know, just doing it every single day and being really hands-on is an incredible way to improve your craft, especially if you're, you know, if, if you're really passionate about it. But how long did it take for you to uh, to dare to show your pictures to other people? Well, there, I mean, I've always done it. I, I mean, I had my first commissioned piece when I was in seventh grade. I had my science teacher paid me, you know, $60 to do a drawing of a bald eagle for his son for his birthday. And so I've always, it's always been something that I've, uh, that I've shown. I don't, I've never really kept my work secret. Uh, thank you so much for joining this podcast. Thank you for having me. It was great. And thank you for listening and goodbye.